This is the Buyer Narrative brought to you by the Kingman Consulting Group, the number one podcast for managers and executives who want to explore the strategic and psychological frameworks that enable you to understand your customers and deliver experiences that foster brand loyalty and spark growth. Let's jump right into it. All right. Welcome to the Buyer Narrative. I'm your host, Brian Cabisa. Today, we're joined with Gary Kusumano. He's a CX design strategist with Verizon Enterprise Solutions. Gary, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you, Brian? Pretty good. I am, uh, I'm healthy now with my, my second dose of the vaccine, hoping <laughs> everything goes well. Didn't have a great initial reaction, but I'm recovering well. So hopefully you're doing, uh, your family's doing well as well. Yeah, yeah. It looks like you're on the upslope then. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So I, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, we've been able to, to talk with a few different speakers recently on our episodes, and I found you. I'm glad I did. I want to talk to you a little bit about your experience with CX and talk through this element of self-service. It's, it's on a lot of our minds. It's something that it benefits organizations from a cost-cutting standpoint, but then it actually makes things easier from customers when done right. So I'm glad to have you on to talk about that today. I want to start with this understanding what do you think of when you think about customer experience? What, what does it even mean to you? Well, to, for me, customer experience is the, the whole range of uh, interactions across uh, a brand. So, you know, many people would equate customer experience with customer service. And that is one element, of course. Uh, but it's the how do I learn about your uh, brand? What do you offer? How you take care of me when I have a problem? Uh, how easy is it? Is the billing process? It's basically anywhere I interact interact with your brand. That's an experience, uh, and you know we want to take friction out of the of that uh, wherever possible. Um, in fact, you know I would I would even submit that. Um, you know, my, 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 my mom had a, a, a little sign on, on her closet door. It said, um, housework is something that's never noticed until it's not done. Okay. And I, and I kind of like that, that, that theme with, with customer experience, you really never notice when an experience is the way it should be until it does it, it, it's and, until it's a bad one. Okay. When you don't really have to think about, well, that, you know, that was good or, or that was bad it's probably chances are it was good. Okay. But if, uh, but if uh, it goes bad, you know it right away. Right. So that's, that's a really important thing. Cause I think a lot of organizations do in some way work on customer experience, whether they have a team or not, you know, they, they have a call center for that aspect of it. They try to, to make sure it's staffed properly, that agents are helpful, that they're answering the phones quickly. They want to make sure the website isn't terrible to navigate. There's little pieces of it that kind of get assigned out to different teams. It's really, I think, probably the 90s where it started to be an actual function where, you know, it's like maybe somebody needs to be focused on this more full time because it's kind of a big deal. Right. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, you know, and in fact, you know, in, in that vein, um, you know, there, there, there's often the question when you talk about. Um, you know, the, the notion of we need to provide a better customer experience. You know, you know, we need to invest in customer experience. Sometimes the response to that is, well, what's the what's the return on investment? Where's the return on that? You know, and and and, and I like to ask, well, what's the ROI for HR, okay, or finance, you know, in your in your organization? They're necessary functions. And I think people that you know businesses ought to look at CX the same way, just like you said. 
they've got to have the right staffing in, in, the, in the contact center. They've got to have good tools. Um, sometimes those things have to be looked at as a necessary investment. And, you know, we know that in the long term, if, it, if it's done right, that there will be a, a, a measurable uh, return in terms of loyalty, in terms of repeat purchases, things like that. Uh, but uh, the notion that, you know, I, I want to put a dollar on it and how that how I get that dollar in a particular time frame, you can't really do that. Uh, you have to look at it as 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 a, a necessary function, just like HR finance in your business. Right. I actually like the comparison to HR a lot because you can talk about the employee experience in, in parallel to the customer experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a, a business, you can have managers that know what they need to be done. They know that mm-hmm. they want to hire somebody, right? But you don't want to make sure that the system, as you scale and continue to get bigger, is that your senior executives are putting out job posts, they're doing the initial interviews, and throughout the entire, you know, employment history is, is doing every part of making sure that the employee, you know, has what they need. They're going to have an interface. They're going to have unique insights that they know because they know what the job is. There's got to be someone else that's helping the employee along the way. And is focused specifically not just on what the org needs, but what the actual individual is looking for. And that's where HR is really coming into play. Right. Right. Well, you know, and that's actually a very good point, too, and something that's, that's uh, very real to me. Uh, at Verizon, because one of the, the things that uh, that uh, my clients have found valuable, which of course we can't do now <laughs> with the with the uh, the, the, the pandemic, uh, was we would invite them to come see our call center operation, and and you know we would have the the leaders of the call center kind of talk about here's how we hire employees, here's how we motivate them, here's how we train them, here's where we, how we reward them, um, and. You know, I sat back after a, a few of these, and I realized that you know these these supervisors they never really talked about the, the the client experience or the customer experience, and it was all about how they took care of employees and how they picked the right ones for the job, and they operate under an assumption, uh, you know, uh, that it's a given that if you take good care of your employees, that is going to translate better into into a better customer experience as well. Uh, so again, you know, you know, we're always learning. I'm learning in each of those as well. Uh, we even within my own company. Definitely. Yeah. And so how do you think about designing experiences when you, when you have that kind of framework of there's, there's a leadership team sometimes who, you know, does think, you know, the employees, you have good employees, they're going to take care of the customer. So that's the focus. We have an operation, there's nothing to really design or change. Like how do you, how do you actually get to the point of, you know, thinking about this is the customer's perspective of this thing. These are the things that need to be improved or enhanced. How does that look like? Well, your your the quality of your employees can you know can really cover for a lot of mistakes that you have in the design. It's right. a great question, Brian, because because uh, you know as I listen to. Uh, calls that come into our center, the recordings uh, of those calls, you know, you've, you, you, you'll hear a, a lot of uh, empathy from our, from our agents. And these agents are really, they're, they're, they're essentially trying to net help that customer navigate through a problem they've already encountered. So in other words, you know, you can have very good talent there, uh, but 
at some point, if that customer had to call in, they've already run into a problem. So there's something wrong with your experience, wherever that may be. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the answer to that is not to continue to rely on, on the quality of your employees, which is a good thing too, but to find out what the root causes are behind that. And, and again, the, I, I had a colleague who would say that you know, as soon as you've gotten a phone call to your center, you've already failed the customer in their, in their experience. That's a little bit uh, strong, I think. Uh, yeah. um, but, but nevertheless, you know, the, the, uh, I, I saw a figure the other, uh, the other day in retail, for example, 76% of customers who've called into the, to the, uh, to the center have first tried to do the, the work themselves. Right. They've tried online or, or another channel. So, you know, that, that's an indicator there that maybe you should go uh, find out what the problem is and help the customer erase that root cause so they know they don't have to call if they don't want to. Got it. Got it. Now, that is that is a big point there, because I think a lot of organizations, they understand, they look at their call reasons, they see things that are popping up, they see the trends and then they think, OK, let's develop the knowledge material so that if we have it on the website, they don't have to call us, decrease costs. And then would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they read the knowledge material, but because maybe they don't have the same insight that an employee who's faced the problem a bunch of times does so that they look at it and understand how to fix it. It's not enough, essentially. Right. Know, how, do you, how do you reconcile that? Well, you know, you, you just said it yourself. I think, you know, the, one of the, 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 the key, um, components of voice the customer that people overlook is really the voice of the employee, especially your frontline agents. Um, oftentimes, you know, we equate voice the customer with surveying customers and asking them how their experience was. But I think some of the best uh, sources you have are from the people who field those calls every day. And, you know, they can tell you, they're probably, they may not give you you know, exact numbers, but they can say, listen, I'm, I'm taking a whole lot of calls on this particular billing issue, you know, that, that started last week or this particular uh, product description that, that people don't understand. And that should give you clues as to where you might focus on, on improving the, the, the customer experience. Again, taking those root causes out so that the call never comes in in the first place. Right, right. And it's got to be cross-functional, like you're saying there, because you know, the marketing team probably knows how to word things very well. And, and that's, you know, that's what's attracting customers. And so when you think about, you know, let's get some educational material on the website and hand it to right. the marketing team, right? They got to make sure it looks good. There's good graphics, but they might not necessarily know, you know, what folks who are on the phone when they're speaking to customers, they use a word, the customer doesn't know what it means. Now they, they, they've, they've adapted and figured out how to, to talk and right. bring it to the customer, not getting both ends of it. So yeah, that's where it becomes important, you know, that people are talking to each other and, you know, getting the right information from the employee. Right. And as, and again, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, it's not an either or it's a both end. You've got right. to make sure that all channels are aligned so that, you know, if I do make a change to the, to um, what's written on the website, my agents know those changes have been made uh, and, and will recognize when, when a call does come in that they're giving the, you know, consistent information. Uh, to the customer, because you know you, the, the last thing you want to do is confuse your customers with with a conflicting messages. Exactly, definitely, yeah. So I think that you know one thing I'd love to hear your thoughts on is the the move towards you know chat AI, figuring out ways that you can empower customers, you know, to help themselves. You know, it's it, it, for some customers they actually love the interaction with the human. 
they're hurt by the fact when they can't talk to a human immediately. But a lot of other customers, they just want to be able to resolve something quickly when they figure out that they can do it at any time of the day. And it's really attractive for them. So how do you think about setting it up so that it's easily adaptable for customers in today's day and age? I love that question, Brian, because you know one of my one of my phrases is when self-service is done right, everybody wins. Right. And what I mean by that is is there was a time when I think you know um, brands were trying to um, you know examine how they might improve their cost profile, cut costs over in operations, and and they they saw chat chat bot. Uh, and some of these uh, self-service tools as means to cut their costs. And in doing so, they, 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 they put the tools out there without a lot of, a lot of thought. That, again, the thought was, if I can put these tools in front of customers, they'll just use them instead of calling me. And, and they really didn't do the homework on understanding why customers were trying to reach them in the first place. Um, and it was it actually kind of pushed customers away and alienated them. And that's why I say, you know, when self-service is done right, okay, when it's done right, everybody wins. And, you know, again, there are some, just like you said, Brian, who are going to choose to call. Okay. Right. And we and that's the difference here is when you give them the choice, okay, the choice to call or the choice to say, listen, I think I can handle this myself. I'd rather just go in uh, on my mobile app. Or through a chat, or 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 uh, um, even on the website, handle myself and not wait on hold for 12, 15 minutes. You know, waiting for an agent to do something that might take two or three minutes myself. So, again, this it, it, it's the notion of how are we empowering the clients to manage the journey themselves? Okay, taking the friction out of it wherever possible. Got it. I guess, how do you figure out what the customer actually wants out of the, the interaction? Like to identify, like we have, we have a cohort that would actually really love it if they didn't have to talk to anyone. How do you, how do you figure that part out? Yeah, I know. I know. I, we have some of those types as well. Yeah. And, and I think, um, again, it goes back to understanding. We talk about voice, the employee, okay, who's probably collecting things. Obviously, if you are, um, if you're having your agents categorize the calls into buckets, uh, you know, here, this percent is about billing, this percent is about uh, operation, et cetera. Um, but I think you need to go a level deeper. And one of the best ways, in fact, I would submit to you the best way is to go through the, the call recordings. If you're recording your calls, uh, you know, go through the call recordings, understand the context of, you know, why customers are calling. If it's a billing issue, is that a billing issue with a particular product that you've got? Uh, or is it a billing, you know, issue with uh, the timing or auto pay or, you know, dig into those calls because, People, again, I'll go back to something I said earlier. You know, a lot of brands, you know, they equate voice the customer with surveys, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll ask you how your experience was on the survey, and you'll give me a, a seven, okay? That doesn't give me enough to work with, of course. But even if you asked, if you asked questions more deeply about, you know, how is your billing experience? How is your ordering experience? The, the mere fact that you're asking those types of questions kind of introduces a little bit of bias uh, right there because, you know, you're making an assumption that, you know, one particular part of the process might be more difficult than the other. I'll give you an example, you know, that I experienced, you know, we had always felt like uh, getting your circuit 
uh, your services turned up, you know, in a timely manner was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we would specifically ask, you know, were you satisfied with how quickly you got the service? Well, <laughs> unless I got it the moment that I ordered, I'm not, I'm not really satisfied. And so it was a self-perpetuating notion of, hmm, we need to actually accelerate, you know, our, our ability to deliver services faster. And as I started listening to phone calls, that's not what customers were calling in. Remember, you know, I, I have this, this uh, real bias for unstructured voice the customer. The, you know, the surveys you need, but unstructured voice, the customer is going to give you a, here's what I need to solve. Right. Particularly the unsolicited. Okay. When they're calling in, telling you about a problem they've experienced that you weren't anticipating, you start to add those up and you get the context of what's on customer's mind. And that's half of the equation to say, listen, now I know what I need to, to provide uh, some self-service tools for my customers. Definitely. Yeah, it's what they what they say and what they do. And it, yeah, exactly. You can't focus too much on just what they say. Because I mean, it, to be fair, you know, even if a customer was 100 percent incentivized to try to help every brand just be better, not necessarily that we like consciously know exactly what we would want improved or better, or like even know how like we would rate, you know, something like paying our bill uh, online versus any any other way we could have paid our bill online. So it's not completely just, you know, customers aren't being truthful in what they say. It's that it's hard to really pinpoint bottom line you know, how they would want something to be improved or not. And that's why you have to actually, you know, look a little deeper. At that Precisely. Absolutely, Brian. In fact, I'll, I'll take that step further. When you said, when you said sometimes the customer doesn't really, you know, understand the, 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 the the true root cause of their problem. It's interesting you should say that because, you know, um, as I, you know, I give you the example of, of billing okay? mm-hmm. uh, and listening to a number of those, those calls that were billing, it was, I got a, I've got a billing issue here. I don't understand the bill I got. And a lot of brands will say, okay, we need to go work on how to make the bills easier to understand. But if you do a little bit of homework, like I did, you start to, to realize that, hmm, you know what? I found an email from the same customer. I looked at their order history. I looked at uh, the number of outages they've had. And I found out that, you know what? This customer was sold a service four and a half months ago that was not compatible with their equipment. Okay, So what looks to the customer like a billing problem was really a product ordering problem, you see? Right. So you're, you're spot on in saying, you know, sometimes you know, the, the customer will just say, here's what I, here's how I'm seeing it, but you need to dig deeper to, to remove that root cause so that they never even have to see that problem. Got it. And I like what you said earlier when you said you're a fan of like really unstructured uh, analysis. I think one of the things that I hear the most when it comes to understanding customers is, you know, integration of systems and, you know, CRM is a source of information, pulling everything to the CRM. Uh, where do you fall on that camp in terms of, you know, systems need to be integrated uh, in order to get the real view versus just kind of looking at one piece versus the other piece versus the other piece to identify what you can from it? Right. Well, you know, you heard me say a little bit earlier, you know, that the notion of the, the unstructured voice, the customer provides you half of what you need to, to improve that journey. The other half is, is what does an agent have to do or one of your representatives what do they have to do to fulfill that inquiry? Okay, mm-hmm. what systems are they going into? Um, you know, where, how are they placing orders? Uh, and 
Once you know what the customer is trying to do and then how somebody actually does it, you've got both pieces to provide an automated experience, a self-service opportunity that, again, empowers that customer to drive the journey. Um, Again, um, if if it's an ordering uh, application, if it's a, I want to know if I'm up to date on my payments, um, you're going to have to be able to empower that customer to reach into the to systems. And of course, this implies you're going to need uh, you know, uh, security. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to need authentication you know, so that you know, Brian can prove that re- he really is Brian before he access, accesses Brian's account uh, for that information. But, but that's where you add real value uh, in the journey because a lot of folks, you know, when, they're, when they're using, say, chatbots or web-based tools, they're limiting themselves to to uh, things like FAQ. It's easy to do, yeah. okay? and 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 sure, you know the you know the bot can probably sift through um, a knowledge base more quickly than you could yourself online. But you know the real value comes in is is you know what if I want to start placing an order and I, you know and get up here at halfway through you know and and go get a cup of coffee, come back and not have to sit there tied to my chair on a phone with a person. Um, I'm empowered to, again, manage that journey the way I want to. Got it. Yeah, that's an important piece there. So really the simple exercise that I've done before is just an Excel sheet. This is what the customer is trying to do. This is how it's resolved. This is the system. This is the process. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you do that, that can really be the the foundational piece of, okay, this is, if we were to add self-service here, you know, what pieces would need to tie in, you know, right. what, what exactly would need to happen next, both for an IVR and for you know, like an online chat yeah. situation like that. I like the way you think, Brian, because I'm all about keeping it simple and, <laughs> you know, do the basics well, and then we can worry about, you know, doing the, the delighters. Got it. So what advice would you have for folks to, to really utilize the technology that they have today like that? Probably not everyone has access to, you know, AI and power on their website. But what what kind of things that could they use um, from what most brands have at their disposal today to to implement a little bit more of this? Well, you know, again, going back to this theme of unstructured voice of customer, I would I would recommend um, trying to get you know some form of natural language processing in in, in those tools. Yeah. Uh, the reason being is again when we talk say chatbots. One of the reasons that that you know they, I think, have a bad rep, and probably justifiably so, is because they're clunky, they're hard to use, and I think that's because so many brands have have built chatbots following uh, you know an IVR tree type model, where it's you know listen, why did you come to our site today, A, B, or C? You know maybe it's none of those reasons. Um, and, you know, or maybe you get partway through that, that tree um, and you get stuck and there's no way to back out. Um, and, you know, I think natural language lets people, you know, again, speak, uh, tell them what, uh, tell the, uh, the, the chat bot what they're trying to accomplish in English terms and bypass all those, you know, maybe five, six levels of, of the tree to get directly to the task they're trying to perform because there's nothing more important in my mind, again, being, being, you know, getting back to the basics than respecting a customer's time. Okay. You know, that's one of the, the, the easiest and one of the, uh, the uh, best ways to, 
demonstrate to customers that you know you really are customer centric because that's how what we'd want. You know, we we don't want our time wasted, and we should think about how we can make that interaction, you know, as painless and and as least time consuming as possible. Definitely right. Because when you make little things easier, uh, you know, you're just improving you know, the day of the customer. That's something that that sticks with them For over sure. and over again. Right. Yeah. And and that's a that's a big part of it, I think, is there's always there's always going to be a way to add more innovation to your product or service. Right. You can get better with your marketing, get more tension. But once the customer's in, there's there's plenty more opportunity to continue to build on that relationship. Yeah. Another great topic. I love there, Brian, because, you know, I see so many brands that, you know, they, they talk about customer experience. But when you really dig under the covers there. <laughs> they they label customer customer experience, but what they're really doing is demand generation. Okay, right. they're saying how can I draw more customers in here? And unfortunately, I've seen brands where they've done customer journey maps that end at the moment of the purchase. Okay, right. <laughs> you know, and that's great if you're in, in the sales, but from the customer's perspective, I spend more time on my journey post purchase, you know, using that product. Um, getting help if I run into a, a problem, you know, again, if I run into billing uh, issues, uh, if, I, if I'm choosing to say, listen, do you have any upgrades? You know, I've had this model for three years. Do you have a newer one? Uh, those things, you know, the, the, I'm on that part of the journey in a lot longer uh, uh, time period than I am in the, in the pre-purchase. So right. Um, you're right. Those are the things that, you know, how do I, how do I, uh, turn my focus to now that the customer's bought, how do I make sure they stay happy? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that can lead to a lot, a lot of things, longer customer lifetime value, word of mouth, all of these things that we talk about and wanting to generate. And, and most of that stuff just comes from things being pleasant, easy to use, getting what you need. You know, and some, when, when your dad asks you, you know, you know, what's a good service provider for this or that, you know, you're not thinking back to the marketing material or like features and benefits things like that. I mean, something can right. stand out from that, but mostly, you know, every interaction has been positive. That's going to drive you more towards saying, you know, I want something positive for my dad, for my mom. Right. My right. Absolutely. And it goes back to the notion time. of, yeah, exactly, Brian. And it goes back to the notion of, you know, when I don't really have to give it too much thought, you know, either way, chances are I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, you know, boy, you know what, what you know, lawnmower, you know, well, you can, you know, again, just like you said, you know, the, I can name off that brand, that brand. This one's got a 22-inch split. But ultimately, it, it's going to be, I've had a lot of reliability from that particular brand. And when I have had issues, you know, they, they've been good to me. I, I'd try that first. Definitely. So. Gregory, I'd love to have you on here. Any last words for the, for the group here? Uh, well, I mean, the, the uh, uh, I, I would just basically say if I could kind of encapsulate uh, you know, how uh, how you would provide these self-service tools that we've talked about here. I basically look at it as a, as a three-step process. You know, we first you know, said, let's dig into the voice of the customer, understand why customers are trying to reach you in the first place. We use call recordings all the time uh, to coach our reps. You know, hey, you can handle that uh, transaction a little bit better. You did great over there. But we should also be looking at our, our, our call recordings our chat transcripts, our emails, our our uh, social media pages as as you know sources of, of voice of the customer to help us say here's what how the customers are trying to uh, 
to engage our brand. Okay. And then let's let's find out ways to address. And the second one would be use those those powerful tools that we talked about, the natural language, the AI, uh, the capability of the bot to score itself, you know, to, to, to prove whether it's delivering what customers need. And then finally, the third step, and we didn't talk too much about this one, but equally important is when you do one of those dead into one of those dead ends that I talked about earlier, is know when you should escalate a transaction immediately to a to a human person. Uh, and again, that goes back to the notion of respecting the client's time. Don't let them try and fight through uh, you know a uh, a IVR like experience uh, on the chat bot uh, when we can just get them over to a human being and have that dialogue. Yeah. And that last part is huge because you'll learn from that. You'll learn like, okay, th these are the points where people are just, yeah, I, I can't do this. I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> and then you continue to make improvements from that. So when you don't have the short-term thinking of, okay, I want to do this in, in the next three months. And by that time, we need to cut costs by this much versus right. saying, you know, this is something that over time folks will adapt. Just think your assumptions as you see people wanting to exit and wanting to get to live voice, figuring out how to make sure that, the actual natural language processor is able to get to the right information. You continue to move that direction, move that direction, move that direction. Customers right. are getting what they need. Over time, your brand is decreasing costs. And so it's really about focusing on, you know, figuring out how to use experiences to deliver the most value, uh, both right. for customer and brand. And over time, you'll get to the, the best value for your bottom line as well. Absolutely. And that's why I say, you know, when self-service is done right, everybody wins. I, I choose it. It makes it easier for me. And the brand also, just like you said, helps manage their costs. Awesome. Well, Carrie, thanks for coming on today. I really pleasure. appreciate having you. Uh, if folks want to hear more from you, learn more about you, where's a good place to find, find you? LinkedIn, is that good? Or? Um, yeah, LinkedIn. Uh, and I'll always even take uh, direct mails. It's carrie.cusimano at verizon.com. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks again for joining us. And thanks for listening right. to the Bio Narrative. See you next time.